get to the money. Welcome to another episode of Drinking After Dark, a podcast where we discuss random topics while having a few drinks. I'm your host, Darius, and as always, drink responsibly. And y'all make sure y'all follow Drinking After Dark podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And y'all make sure y'all like and subscribe to Drinking After Dark podcast YouTube channel. Uh, tonight, I have a very special guest with me. He's back again. Uh, we gonna... I'm glad... He, he's coming one of my favorite guests. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Not only is he family, but... You know, he's a uh, a man with great insight and everything like that. Uh, so welcome back to the podcast, my cousin, Ronald Hayes. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. What you drinking on tonight? Uh, the usual, Fiore Vodka. Huh? Fiori, what is that? I'm sorry. Fiore Hemp Infused Vodka. You got to say it all, like a tribe called Quest. <laughs> Local owned is uh, distilled right here in Nashville. Next time you come up, I'm going to turn you on to it. Okay, because uh, for those who don't know, I'm going to start uh, doing some more content on my YouTube channel. And uh, I might need to try that so I can review it on my YouTube channel. So uh, definitely, if not, I'll send you the money. I'll just have you send it to me when you come down, whatever. I'll have a bunch of customers. So definitely, if it's something new, I'm willing to try. Like I said, I'm willing to try new things now, 2023. So with my new content coming out and everything like that, I'll definitely give that a shot. Uh, for the night, I'm not really drinking on anything tonight. I'm just drinking on root beer tonight uh, because we got something uh, to talk about, very, uh, really, uh, a real serious topic. But before we go any further, I got to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, Joe Shakinab at Shakinab.com. Go visit Shakinab.com for services, monthly updates, and contact information. Once again, visit Shakinab.com, promoting leadership and scholarship. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Um, for everybody, I know everybody heard about the news, uh, what happened in Memphis. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Tyree Nichols passed away from his injuries sustained uh, by five cops. Um, so it's been a lot of protests. It was uh, some rioting going on in Memphis and uh, stuff like that. Before we get into the details, uh, through the whole thing, because it seems like more information is coming out. Um, even when this podcast aired, I guarantee it's going to be more information coming out about this. Uh, but because uh, just go ahead and give me your uh, take on what happened and, you know, how you feel about it, just from your perspective. Really don't know where to begin because, um, um, first of all, condolences to that young man's family and condolences to the community. It was definitely a, a horrible thing. Um, I honestly believe in my heart that 
had that young man lived, these cops would have got away with it. They weren't planning on them on him dying. And it would have just been another routine stop where the victim resisted and they did what they had to do to apprehend him. Definitely, definitely. Um I'm I'm gonna be honest, I was kind of late to the party because when I got the the news, it was kind of like a few days after the fact. Cause I knew it was something going on. I didn't know what the reason was until I found out what it was. I was like, oh man, not it, it's, it's always sad to hear something like this. And like you said, uh condolences to his family, um, everything like that. You know, some nobody wants to be put in that situation. No family have to go through that situation. Um, just a little background. Um Tyree uh, Nichols uh, passed away January 10th, um, three days after he sustained injuries uh, from five police officers. Uh, they were arrested. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to head this name off the police officers. Uh, to Darius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmy Martin, Emmett Martin III, uh, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith, who were all fired on January 20th. Um, after an investigation found they had violated department policy, about the use of force. Uh, and they were also charged with a second degree murder, two counts of official misconduct, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, one count of official oppression and one count of aggravated assault uh, that the prosecutors uh, announced. Which is, uh, hearing that, it went from, let's just say January 7th to January 20th. It went by pretty fast from arresting, the, well, um, firing the officers to uh, charging the officers, you know, things like that. How did you feel about that process as a whole? Because usually with something like this, it'll take, how long would it take? Months, least maybe? Months, least months, six months, eight months, year, whatever. So... That just goes to show going forward that once you have the evidence in hand, that it doesn't, it's not a lengthy process. And what a lot of people may not know is that there was a moment where they were actually suspended. Small investigation, then they were fired, then they were charged, then arrested. And all of this happened within a three week span. Yeah. So uh, if it happens again, which it'll happen again, they can never say that we have to go through all of the, there, there's a process. They, they can never say that. Definitely. And, and I think that the, I think the police chief did the right thing. She conducted her due diligence. There wasn't a reason to pull them over. There was, a lot of violent acts after the fact that they had him handcuffed and he died. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, when you saw the video, I know you saw the video. Uh, most people probably saw the video. Uh, just from my take first, I'm going to go first on this. Um, I couldn't even really get through the video after he was crying out for his mom. That right there just made me just stop right then and there. 
Um, but I don't know if you saw there was a second angle because that first angle was from the uh, body cam from the officer. There was another camera that was pointing at them from up top. I guess it's from a building directly on them. And like you said, uh, Tyree Nichols was already handcuffed, hands behind his back. And that one officer just kept punching him in the face. And I said, to me, that looked personal. That didn't even look like some official cop. That looked personal to me to continue to hit a guy who was defenseless. They already had him under control and you just want to continue to throw, you know, punches at him. I, I, Cause I found myself yelling at the television during that part. I was like, shit, stop. Like quit hitting him like that. You already have them handcuffed. So there isn't anything that they can say or do to justify the violence that took place once they had them apprehended. Now let's be clear, the Scorpion unit is a unit that was designed to deal with violent offenders, rapists, murderers, carjackers, things of that nature. They conduct a routine stop. stop from what they say a routine stop for reckless driving. There's no record of that. They didn't call it in as such, but there, I said that to say that they, there may be times when they're dealing with a victim, well, not a victim, where they're dealing with someone they're trying to apprehend and they have to fight fire with fire. You know, you have to, tase him, you got to mace him, you have to do whatever you have to do to get him subdued, you know, get him in cuffs. Once you have him handcuffed, the battle should be over. And the way he was hitting him, threw a couple of haymakers, like they swung him around and walked around, threw a couple of more haymakers. That's aggression. That was some sort of, some sort of passionate anger that was built up from something. Because you don't just hit somebody like that. And let's just say, for instance, you and I are out somewhere and you get into a fight with somebody and you're getting the best of him and that rage takes over. And I'm there with you. At some point, my compassion is going to kick in. I'm like, oh, cuz, stop, stop, man. You're about to kill the guy. None of them did that. Nobody intervened like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you, you're carrying this too far. Yeah, I was talking to a co-worker of mine um, earlier today. I said the exact same thing. At least one of the officers could have said, hey, enough is enough. You know, they could have you know, pulled them to the side far away. You know, so he could, I mean, you're already in trouble as is, but, you know, don't get too much in trouble. But nobody stepped in and basically like, hey, stop. It's enough. We got them. Don't need to go any further. And with that being said, uh, for those who don't know, um, two more officers were actually let go too. Uh, one of the officers, uh, his name was Preston uh, Hempfield. Uh, he was relieved and it was a seventh officer um, that hasn't been identified, but he was also, uh, that officer was also let go uh, due to this. Um,
this is really hard to talk about because it seems like we keep seeing the same thing over and over again. And it doesn't really matter what the race of the officer is. It just seems like it's just a cop thing. And I just feel like cops are not holding other cops accountable at that moment. I don't know if it's to protect whatever, you know, the shield or whatever, anything like that. But at some point, you know, you could be a good cop, but if you're not holding your other officers accountable for the actions, you're just like them. You might not be doing the actual um, abuse or whatever that you're doing itself, but in a way you are because you continue to allow this to happen without really stepping to that officer firsthand. I, I wholeheartedly agree. You become complicit you know, in the act because you're not doing anything to stop it. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, this story is going to continue to unfold uh, more. But another part of this, um, too, we got to talk about the EMT uh, responders who actually got fired too. Uh, three EMT responders. Um, their names Robert Long, Jamichael Sandrich, and Lieutenant Michelle Whitaker. Um, they have been found to have violated multiple uh, department policies in their response, uh, in their uh, patient response to Nichols on January 7th. How did, did, did you read that story? What, what did you get from that part? Um, because they... I don't know what to get from that. Like you, your your job is to render aid, and you didn't. So, how do we get to the point to where you show up to perform an act and you fail to do so? Was something said to you? Did you decide by looking at him that uh, he's all right or he's gonna be all right or whatever? Like, there's something that's hasn't been exposed yet regarding that. Yeah, so basically, uh, just a quick um, backstory of it. Um, this is from, what's the name? I want, if I mess up the name, I apologize. Uh, story by Doha Madani. I get, if I, if I mess up your name, I'm sorry. I apologize. But um, basically, uh, the statement was uh, their actions on the scene might have did not meet the expectations of the Memphis Fire Department and are not reflective of the outstanding service men and women of the Memphis Fire Department. But um, what it was was that uh, they were sent to the scene of the Nichols traffic stop at 8.31 p.m. after police called because of a person pepper sprayed. The fire department, the fire department noted Long Sandwich Sandridge and Whitaker were sent to a second location and arrived to find Nichols leaning against a police vehicle 10 minutes after the call. And it goes on to say, Long and Sandridge responded to Nichols while Whitaker and a driver remained in the vehicle, the fire department said. So, furthermore, it said during their investigation, it's concluded that the two EMTs responded based on the initial nature of the call, person pepper sprayed, and information they were told on the scene and failed to conduct an adequate patient assessment of Mr. Nichols. So basically, like you said, they didn't even really check them out. I'm like, I'm looking at it. And then when you saw the pictures of them in the hospital, face swollen, at that point, it was like, yo, 
y'all should have just took that man like, no, we got to get him to the hospital. Y'all clearly see this man was hurt. Y'all know he was. So what, what's going on here? Like, why are they? I, I just, I don't know. Maybe there's more questions, more answers to come. But why y'all didn't take this man to the hospital? Clearly, when you see this man was injured. And they called y'all to the scene. So I, I don't know what it was. I was very disappointed um, in these three individuals. They lost their jobs as well. And well, they did take it. him to the hospital, didn't they? They just didn't render Wait. any aid. Hey. How did he get to the hospital? They didn't take him. Well, I guess they took him, but I guess they didn't render, like you said, they didn't render any aid. Right. Was supposed to they just showed up and stood around and just yeah, water, whatever they were doing. So they they didn't get fired for not taking the hospital. They got fired for not doing their job, which is to render aid, make sure he was okay. Nobody went over there and took any vitals or any of that. So it just makes me wonder at what point did they realize we got to get him to the hospital? Like, how did it go from nothing's being done to him winding up in the hospital? Probably one of the cops just told him to take him to the hospital anyway. That's the only thing I could think. Instead of just, like you said, as soon as you get there, your first um, initial assessment just to, you know, check him out, render aid right then and there, and then, you know, continue on with the next steps to get him to the hospital. Cause what if he would have got to the hospital sooner, you know, rather than what he did. Or, or what if they would have rendered some sort of aid and see, these are things mm-hmm. that they would realize I've been in a car accident before where I was walking around, you know, I felt sore, but I was walking around and first thing they did, they asked me, are you okay? They put the cuff around my neck. Don't move. You know, lay on this. We're gonna get you to the hospital, and that was like immediately. They did nothing. No one approached him. No one, you know, put the little flashlight in his eyes or any of that. Like, what was the purpose of them even being there if they're not gonna do what they were called out there to do? And the fact that they found uh, Tyree leaning up against a police vehicle. You know, when they arrive, you know, that, I don't know. The whole thing is just. Fishy. Sketch. Yeah. The whole thing is sketch. I mean, did I'm, the police I'm, tell him that, okay, he's just high? You know, he, that's why his, I mean, he was punch drunk. But what was the narrative that the police actually drove when the EMT showed up? And it'll come out. Yeah. It'll come out. So I'm not going to go any further with that. Like I said, more information will always come out as time goes on. And, you know, you're going to have more people react to it and everything like that. Uh, But we got to talk about one particular officer, right, who's been floating around the uh, Internet, social media world. And first time I saw this was actually on TikTok. I saw... I don't know how many different TikTokers with this on there. So I'm just going to read this and I just want to get your take. All right. 
is this what I read. I'm reading it word by word. Turns out, and this is uh, the officer I'm talking about is uh, Demetrius Haley, who is uh, 30. Uh, so it says, it turns out Tyree worked at FedEx and Demetrius Haley's ex and mother of his child worked at FedEx. Demetrius took a picture of Tyree on the ground and sent it to his ex. All of the officers involved went out bad over this man's personal issue. Tyree and his ex had a relationship. So I don't know if this is true or not. I mean, like I said, when you hear stuff like that on social media, it's not been, you know, confirmed by any credible news source. It's just floating around. But it kind of like, in a way, you kind of see it because, like you said, you go back to the video when he's handcuffed, hands behind his back, and he's continuing to get punched. And when I said earlier, it felt personal. Then you read this, it's like, is this personal because this man is messing with your ex? I mean, she is your ex for a reason. let's, let's, Let's look at some facts. No, of course, we have to use the word allegedly. Yeah, want to get in any kind of trouble, but let's let's look at some facts. And facts are fact number one: you have this patrol unit whose job it is to, like I mentioned earlier, deal with violence, criminals, and the first scene we see of everything jumping off. Tyree's car is blocked in by yeah. three squad three squad cars. Have you ever heard of three squad cars being called on a reckless driving? Never. Three squad cars. All three squad cars just happen to be in the same neighborhood, a decent neighborhood. Yeah. Mind you, all three squad cars all these patrolmen happen to be in the same area at the same time to block this young man in, sitting at a red light with his blinker on. I don't know about you, but I've never seen anybody recklessly driving and take time out to put their blinker on. I never heard of that either. That is anthorical of reckless driving. Then you see them walk up, snatch him out of the car. Yeah. They're not, they're not saying why, you know, they're not conducting the route, the regular routine traffic stop. Mm. I need your license. I need your insurance. I need your registration. None of that. They're snatching him out the car. He's asking them what they're doing. Well, not what they're doing. What did he do? He's questioning yeah. why they snatching him out of the car. What he should ask for. Right, right. And then they have an opportunity. They could have had him cuffed then. They had his, they had one of his wrists. It's four or five of them. Right. And it almost looks like, again, stating facts, but it almost looks like they wanted him to get away so that they could chase him. Mm. Think about that for a minute. Then I'm listening to, I, I've, I've gone through a lot of footage with this case. So 
So I was listening to the, the scanner call. One of the officers called it in. And this is when the foot chase was taking place. And the young man was just trying to get home. He was like three blocks from his house. And the officer clearly says, you know, let's, you know, what's his address? Now, if you're pulling somebody over for a routine traffic stop, you already know that. Once they run your tags, yeah, you already know that. So they didn't run his tags before they pulled him over. Then fast forward to where they're assaulting him. They got him cuffed. And I mean, he it kicked him in the face. The, the one officer that appears to be uh, Demetrius Haley, appears to be, got to say that, kicking him in the face while he's down, punching him, like throwing blows, punching him. Uh, it, it, it does seem like, again, an act of passion. So if that, I'm not saying that that story is right, but it it sounds right. So far, it sounds like it's tracking. We could be wrong, but what else? There isn't any other explanation, or to me, any other explanation as to how we got from him being where he was to killing him. None of it makes sense. It don't make sense. Um, just what I read, it it kind of lines up with what happened. Uh, like you said, um, uh, like I said, uh, like you said, allegedly. Uh, now, I don't, I don't think we would, we'll find out what it is later, but, you know, like you said, it kind of seems like on that track, but it, also too, man, it, it kind of seems like when you see it, it, it seems like that, that emotion and that anger got the best of them. Rage. Because I'm going to read something else to you uh, in a second. But it's just like, I don't, I don't want to compare it. I think I heard some people compare it to like Rodney King's situation and everything like that. When you no, know, clearly he was on camera, he was getting beaten without basically resisting, right? Um, of course, you know, for those who don't know, if you're like younger than me, Y'all could actually go back and Google, um, do the research, but the officers was found not guilty. Of course, that was that led to the riots out there. And even though Rodney King got paid, it's still the fact that justice wasn't really truly served in a sense. Now, with this one, like you said, you gave uh, you know, Memphis credit for doing his due diligence and really doing an investigation. And, you know, going about it the right way. But here's more uh, some alleged information on Demetrius Haley. And this is coming from uh, Hope Sloop. I, I hope, hope I said the last name right uh, for DailyMail.com. Uh, allegedly, when he was a corrections officer, he, uh, he assaulted a prison inmate. And I guess uh, there's a lawsuit in the works. Um, 
allegedly assaulted a prison inmate. I don't, I, I don't know what this this whole situation is with him. Like I said, maybe he just got some anger issues to where maybe he shouldn't even be in a position of authority, you know, in the way he abuses authority in some type of way. But something like this before he got on really on the force and everything like that should have been found out or, not, or probably was kept secret. Probably kept secret and then they let him on the force anyway. Well, and, we, really uh, don't, we really don't know the ins and outs of the alleged assault when he was a, a corrections officer. And I, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've been behind the wall and I, I know how, how how them folks get down back there. So that's, you know, that's uh, that, that, that's speculation. One thing I do want to mention is going back to him and his passion for, you know, the way his rage kicked in and the alleged story of the ex. I'm watching on TikTok and there were steals, still pictures from another officer's body cam where this man had his phone in his hand and it appeared that he was taking pictures. pictures. That, that's another story. So if he, if, if all of this is true, then that was a targeted personal vendetta and it confirms motive and malicious intent. That's murder one. So you think the prosecutors can upgrade it to murder yeah, absolutely. one? Absolutely. If, if the facts come out, murder one is malicious intent. The aforethought. I, I plan to go out here and do this. That's murder one. Murder two is you kill somebody, but you didn't plan on killing anybody. Right. So yeah, if, if the facts come out, then they can very easily upgrade it to one, murder one. I could I could see that happening, but that's up to the prosecutors if they want to go that route. You know, so um all we can do now is just uh stay tuned, be on the lookout for more information. Uh, see what the prosecutor is going to do. Um, and also, too, um, with the uh, the parties involved, the uh, four other officers who were charged. Let's see what's going to happen um, with that, because you never know. You never know. Like, as time keeps going on, you know, some might take a plea deal. Some might, you know, I, I got a feeling that somebody's going to roll on somebody. Yeah, somebody's going to sing like Betty Wright. I bet he right, right down standing and <laughs> across the desk, trying to get immunity. I'm telling you, I I I, I see that because I don't see all, I don't see the other four. If, like I said, if the story tracks, I don't see the other four taking all of that heat. No. For this one guy. Somebody gonna see. Yeah. Plus, they know what they know what can happen to them behind that wall. Exactly. The policeman. So, 
with that being said, do you think the um because I I haven't heard anything. Like I said, it might come out, might not. Do you think those three EMT workers should be charged with anything? What, or what, what what can you charge them with? Out of all of the charges that these officers have, mm. murder to the kidnapping, the oppression, the assault. What can you actually charge these EMT workers with other than failing to render aid? And that's not a charge. That, that's just them not doing their job. And they receive as much punishment as they're going to receive for that, which is they lost their job. Okay. I mean, um, in, in a perfect world, yeah. But they were they even on the scene to witness any of that? No. So there's really nothing that they can be charged with. Now, with the, uh, like I said earlier, two more officers were uh, let go. Uh, one of the officers was not named. So that situation already raises eyebrows for me. But the other one, again, Preston Hemphill, um, he was let go, but he was never charged with anything. I think he was also on the scene, if um, if I remember correctly. I think he was on the scene as well. Um, I don't know. Like, it's a race issue. I mean, do, do you do you think there's a reason that? These little piggies went to market and this little piggy went home. It could be. It could be, or I'm not going to... Matter of fact, I'm going to say this. I think in a way, allegedly, I think he saved himself, you know, during an investigation, um, the um, internal investigation. And That one, this one is hard because they they didn't charge him, but they charged the other five officers. But did they and, actually see him out of all five? Again, out of all five of these charges, and keep in mind, I'm not taking up for the guy in any way, shape, form, or fashion. The perfect world, he should be, he should catch everything that these other officers, that these other officers got. Excuse me, but. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Mm -hmm. And did you, we saw the other officers abuse their authority. Yeah. Abuse their power and put hands on this man. Now, Hemphill, is that his name, Hemphill? He was, he was on camera, or you could audibly hear him saying, you know, kick him or stomp him or whatever he was saying, I guess egging it on. But outside of him tasing him, you know, putting pepper spray in his face or whatever, what else did we actually see him do? Nothing. I mean, when he when he got to the second location after they beat him to a pulp, where was he? Like, how, how long did it take for him to get there? 
So again, it's not what yeah. you know; it's, it's it's what you can prove. Like what what exactly out of those five charges, what can they actually charge the man by law? Mm. By law, you yeah. Just you don't want to just throw charges out there and hoping something sticks. Right. That's why. I mean, they that's that's part of the reason why they probably hit them with murder too. They didn't have enough information to hit them with murder one. You hit them with murder one and don't have all the facts, they're going to walk all five of them. All they got to do is stick to their story and be quiet. Right. So there's really, unfortunately, nothing that they could charge them with. If you think of something, let me know. I'm curious. I I I would love to see him go down with the rest of them. Yeah, I, I just uh, right now at this point I don't see how. I don't see how either. That's why I was like at first when I was saying it, then I kind of like stopped myself because I was like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I was like, what can they do with this? Now I was like, hold on, let me stop midway through because what you just said when I saw it, I really didn't see him do anything else. Like you said, it was really the other five officers who, um you know, that you saw on camera uh, doing all of that stuff. Now, this seventh officer, they haven't named him. I don't know if they will ever name him, uh, will ever put his name out there. Uh, But again, seven total officers uh, have been let go. Three EMTs have been fired as well. So uh, the story is going to continue. Um, I know a lot of people are going to continue to talk about this. Um, I know uh what's the lawyer's name? Uh Ben Crump. Trump. Yeah, Ben Crump. Yeah, he's uh he's everywhere. He is everywhere. You know, something goes down, he is there. Uh he was talking to DL Hughley. And DL Hughley uh brought up a question. Uh I guess they doing. I guess they still they're trying to find like a permanent host to the uh, was it the, the Daily, Daily Show? show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, since Tre- uh, Trevor Noah, uh, Trevor Noah left, uh, so they've been going, you know, trying to find hosts. But uh, Dale Hughley was a guest host, and he asked uh, Ben Crump, "Did race play a factor in the process of you know from firing the officers to um, charging the officers? You know, did it play that?" play effect and you know i i could tell like ben crump basically said yes without saying yes the way he answered the question um but he also said something too uh the fact that hopefully you know regardless of you know the your race and everything like that this is the process that should happen in all the police departments to follow this process so uh yeah once again man this is a a very sad story and it seems like this is happening more times than not uh you know with the encounter between you know the civilians and police officers especially uh you know black men and women and police officers so so what do you think you think race played a factor in the uh the arrests and 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 the whole and and all of it. And, and all of it? to keep in mind, 
we, we it's always been a we've always been against police brutality period mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your race is police brutality is completely wrong so with that being said do you do you think Memphis was setting the precedent or do you honestly think race was a factor uh I I think two things could be true, but I think more so than anything else, I think this, uh, now this is just me personally saying this. I think race did play a factor in this. I'm just going to be honest, you know, and. Police chief is black. But yeah, the police chief is black, you know what I mean? But even with that being said, you know, with the process and how they moved through this, as quickly they moved through it, I think race in a way kind of had a uh, a play in that. To be honest, now you they think- could have they, they they also too are like setting the tone. You know, hopefully other um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, other cities and everything would take note on how to do this because the way they done it, I think they done it. The right way. Now, with them, with what you just said about them setting the tone, have you noticed that the proponents for Back the Blue have been silent? I noticed that. That a race thing? I think so. That a race thing was that is that the precedent? Yeah, I mean, I've not one time have I read any of the pundits stating had he only complied. I think only uh, I only heard one person that say that, but not the not like the vast majority. Like you'll bring up, yeah, not not like Derek Shaven. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, not not like George Floyd or. Uh, Castile, uh, Mike Brown, any of them. Yeah. So that, I, yeah, I, that's actually a good point. But does back the blue only work when you're a certain race? Possibly. Something to, something to think about. I mean, everything that has happened, we've seen police brutality time after time after time. And this is the first time we've seen not only the fact that they went, again, less than three weeks from having a job to getting arrested and everything in between to no support from the brethren in blue. Yeah, something to think about that, which is another layer to all of this that you just brought up. And, you know, you got you got a lot of people comment on this. I don't know if you're before we get out of here, I just got to ask you, um, are you a big Jason Whitlock fan or you don't really care too much about him? I. I don't know if you actually remember. Let me find the best way to say this. 
I don't wish death on anybody, but I had I I, I could find pleasure reading somebody's obituary. Jason Whitlock falls into that category because he is worse than Tim Scott, Candace Owens, yay, all of them. To me, he he's just just the rhetoric that he spits is just just pure pure venom, pure venom that doesn't even make sense. And I, I I try to have an open mind about it, everything. I try to view things from another vantage point. If I'm speaking with somebody like, okay, I don't agree with you, but I see why you see it the way you see it. There isn't anything he says that I can see why he would see it the way he, he sees it. Like, don't, don't bash single mother. This, this isn't a, a a situation where you can you should use that to bash single black women, single black mothers. That's that's just that's just lower the low. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. That's why I asked about uh, Jason Willock in that statement he made um, about that. Um, I, me personally, I never was a fan of Jason Willock, even as a sports never. journalist. As a never. sports journalist, I never really um, cared about him. You know, his take on sports, I'd never really I, I I just didn't like it. Certain certain um sports journalists I could you know I appreciate and some is like I don't understand why you're even a sports journalist at all. And then he goes to talk, he left the basically left the sports world, started his own thing where he's talking more social and political issues. And so I don't I don't know the name of his show now. Um I actually, I don't even watch it, but that statement, and he made more statements similar to that. Um, anyway, I was like, okay, this, at that point, that they ain't got nothing to do with single mothers. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You, you're using it to, to drive the narrative of your political views against black people. You're like, you're like the, the, the worst enemy. You're, you're one of us and you're going against us on every single thing you say. And yeah. he he realized that he could make more money. I mean, he got kicked off Fox Sports, which is still owned by Fox. But he realized you can make more money spewing rhetoric. There's an audience for that. There's an audience that says we are progressive and systemic racism doesn't exist because here is a black man, an African-American man that's saying systemic racism doesn't exist. So if a black man says it, then obviously that that's enough evidence to support our theory. Yeah, that's uh, you're right about that. You're right about that. The uh, the content and the rhetoric that you spit out, we we know we know the business side of it. We we know the business side of it. You know, you spewing that things out to gain viewerships to get, you know, your sponsors from certain people and everything like that. 
we get this, uh, the business side of it, but at that point, you know, you're selling out your own people for what exactly money? Is it acceptance? Is it, you know, what, what are you going after? So, you know, certain, so- certain people are really, really, and I know this is kind of taking an exit ramp, but certain people are really doing whatever they can so that they can be accepted by certain people that would not accept you if you didn't say the things you said, if you didn't think the way you, you thought. Do you honestly think he would be, if he ever said anything against conservatism, do you honestly think that he would still have his fan base? No. No, definitely. And you can't come back here. We good over here. You can go on and stay over there. Yeah. I mean, I would get, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're on the left or the right, that's your decision. But, you know, at some point, you know, if you're going to speak the truth, speak all the truth, don't just speak, you know, against one side. So you could just, you know, still be cool with the side that you want to be on. You know, I I don't really like all of that. You know, it seems like you're, you're hating yourself for exactly what he's doing for the way you look. And I'm like, you know, what's, what's the problem? Was you teased a lot as a kid? Did you, you know, what, what's going on? You You know, it seems like I, I actually went on his, on his Facebook page and asked him who hurt you? Like, dude, see therapy. Like, for real, there, there's there's some inner some inner pain in there. Yeah. Now I, that's you know with with others, Candace Owens, you can see where she she switched because she went from suing a school board for racism to saying racism doesn't exist. So, you know, she's just literally following the dog. Yeah. Whitlock. And does he live in Nashville too? He does. No, she don't live in Nashville, Nashville. She, she probably, I think she lives in... Like Brentwood or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Brentwood, uh, Bellevue, somewhere like that. She, she doesn't live in Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She may be in Davis County somewhere, but she ain't in Nashville. <laughs> Brentwood is not Nashville. Bellevue is not Nashville. Y'all remember that Brentwood, Bellevue is not Nashville. Not Nashville. What's that say? What that had that thing in Atlanta? Like this ain't Atlanta. That ain't Atlanta. Marietta is not Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> the Gator is not Atlanta. All of that. Yeah, All definitely, that. definitely. But um, yeah, that's uh. You know, like you said, some people they just follow the dollar, and some people they just don't like themselves. Apparently, so you know, just uh, like you said, we if you're gonna do you, do you, but you know, don't switch. you don't have to hurt me to do you. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have to, to dim my life for yours to shine brighter, and that's exactly what he's doing. You feel the way you feel, knock yourself out, but you don't have to. You don't have to dog your people 
to get your point across. And that's right. exactly what he does every time he opens his mouth. Yeah, I mean, we could have make a an argument of two parent households and some of those kids go up to the schools and shoot up the schools. So, you know, it's not like we're dogging the two parent household, but you know, we're kind of like just like, yo, a single, it's just an argument that single parents are not the sole, no, they're not responsible for what's going on, you know, well, sing, he said single mothers. Yeah, but so he didn't say single parents. He, he said took single a mothers. shot at black women. Yeah, that's what he, he took did. Two shots at black women. He that was the indirect shot, and then he took the direct shot, talking about the entire Scorpion unit because it was headed by a woman. So, so you're he took, so he so he you're... took two two direct shots at black. Well, one direct, one indirect, but he still took shots at black women. It's like you're like you just don't like. Black women, in a sense. No, he right. he said he said some things about other women too, not just black women. He even said some things too. He might not just like women. He don't like women of power. I don't know. In position maybe that, of power. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's he, it. Because he done said some things, and I'm like, all right, dude, there's something wrong with you. I mean, like, instead of you know acknowledging their accomplishments and what they're doing and everything like that. And bad enough, you know, you got a lot of uh, fathers out fathers out here who are not being, you know, fathers to their kids. And you got these women raising the kids by themselves. You just want to take a shot at them. Like, dude, just, you could talk about the situation at hand, but you could leave that part out. But if he it. just talked about the situation at hand, he wouldn't get the sponsorships. The, the money, the popularity. These he things go hand in hand with this guy. He these, won't go viral. These are the he things he have to say in order to keep himself relevant. I think that's the sad part too. Like you, you gotta say uh demeaning stuff about people just to stay in the spotlight. You know, so hey, that's that's your choice. You gotta deal with the consequences of your choice. That will never be me because I'm not that type of guy. But if that's what you want to do, if you want to do that for a dollar, then go ahead. But at some point, that's going to run out. And what you going to do after that? You can't go to BET because they ain't going to want you. Do so, you honestly think, you think it's going to run out? I think. I, I don't think so because there's a lot of division in this country. I think he's, I think he's going down a hole that's even going to be so far for even his own little fan base or he could get was it um because the uh social media and like all these different platforms you know they could basically get rid of you in terms of uh what's that called cancel uh, culture <laughs> well cancel not cancel culture but uh uh was a shadow ban in a sense. So like he have this one guy, he actually, I saw him on TikTok. Um, he had his own show. He, he had been on YouTube for a very long time and he has millions of subscribers, right? Doing the same content, by the way, you know, like the political, social stuff, you know, his own YouTube show. But he noticed recently that 
his plays, his um, analytics, all that stuff started going down. And uh, with his fan base and everything like that, they, you know how you go on YouTube and they have the suggestions or if you're subscribed to somebody that will let you know this person got a new uh, video uploaded, it wasn't even popping up on their stuff. So in a sense, it's kind of like they're taking away his platform in a way. And I know with uh, a lot of people who are consuming a lot of content on platforms like uh, Facebook and even on uh, YouTube now, you know, more so than they do on this regular TV because, you know, a lot of people ain't got time to go check it out. So they can always check the episode out on YouTube. They do that. They could easily like, you know what? We ain't going to put this in the forefront. You know, we're just going to dwindle the number of viewers to where no, you're kind of like non-existent. Eventually he fades himself out. Yeah, eventually. So that, that's, that's YouTube. There's, there's always going to be a place, there's always going to be a platform or a social media place for you to spew your rhetoric. Always. If, if YouTube starts to shadow ban them, as you say, then there's there are other sites out there that would welcome his content. There's there's an audience for that. Yeah. And that, that audience is huge. Yeah. You, know, you tell yourself the same lie over and over, it becomes your truth. And when you told the same lie over and over, it becomes your reality. When that reality is spread, it becomes the culture. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. That, there, there, there's a there's a place for that. I mean, if yeah, a man that's... can if a man can actually say that the mass shooting at Sandy Hook didn't exist. Oh yeah, I remember that. And still had a job. I mean, he got the shit suit out of him. Let's make sure we're clear. But he still. Uh, yeah, um, Alex Jones. Alex yeah, Alex Jones. Jones. Alex Jones still has a fan base. Yeah. Alex Jones still has a, a popular podcast. Alex Jones' name is still prevalent in those circles because of the rhetoric he spits. Rush Limbaugh said some of the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. And he still had a fan base. Right. So there, there, there is a there's a fan base for, for all of that. May not be YouTube, but they can find another soft place to land with their rhetoric. Easily. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. You got companies who are starting buying up these uh, shows now to put them on their platform. So, exactly. yeah. I know uh, one guy got offended about the money he was offered. And that's a whole other thing. But but like you said, it's always going to be somebody to pick up, you know, your platform and put it on that platform. You know, just like how BET picked up the game and, you know, just another platform, which we're not going to yeah. talk about that. But um, we're coming to the end of the episode, man. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed yourselves. Uh, y'all make sure y'all tune in next week, man, because we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, man, the uh, Chiefs and the Eagles, man, Super Bowl, man. It's going to be a Hopefully it's going to be a great game. I know a lot of people probably already uh, picked the team who they think is going to win, but we're going to talk about that next week on uh, Drinking After Dark. 
So, uh, Ron, I'm just going to go ahead and give you the last word before we get up out of here. Uh, let them know where they can find you at, uh, your uh, social media, anything else you want to say, man, the floor is yours. Well, so I'm on all platforms, uh, not only me, but, but the company, Infinite Hustle. We're on uh, IG, Facebook, all social media platforms. Again, it, it's it's always a pleasure to, to come on come on the show and 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 have factual conversation. And I, I thank you once again for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um that whatever you uh what's that thing you're drinking on? I'll ask you one more time. Fiori hemp infused vodka. And you said that's local? Yeah, it's local. Fiori hemp infused vodka. Okay. I'm a, I'm gonna hit you up sometime, man. I'm gonna try that, and like I said, I got more content coming on my. I'm gonna expand on my uh, content on my YouTube page, so uh, y'all be on the lookout for that. I'm gonna get my honest review on it. Uh, once again, y'all make sure y'all follow Drinking After Dark podcast on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and y'all please make sure y'all like and subscribe to Drinking After Dark podcast YouTube channel. And all new episodes are uploaded every Friday right here on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm your boy Darius from Drinking After Dark, and we out. Peace. Get to the money, get to the money, uh-huh.